everyone. Welcome to another Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton. And today I have the fun and the joy of interviewing a friend, Jess Vaughn. Here's everyone's my friend. Whether they know it or not, whoever I interview, they're my friend. Whether I follow them on Facebook or find them um, on Instagram, however, I just love when my eyes fall on men or women who are living gospel-centered lives, holistic lives. Not perfect lives, but lives that continue to point to Him. Uh, I love hearing everyone's story. If I could sit down and hear yours, oh, how I wish. I love what God's doing through His people today. Those that are saying, pick me, God. Send me. Use me. Do the hard and holy things with me. And that's what God is doing with Jessica Vaughn. Uh, Jessica is passionate to help others become confident and fearless and know their identity and worth when it comes to Christ. She inspires and encourages thousands by sharing her own personal struggles, victories, and journey through life. And Jessica runs a successful online faith and business business as well. And she's the author of a book, A Worthy Wife, which is what we are going to be talking about today. So we talk about, I want, um, this is a great podcast for our daughters, for our single women, for our married women, for women, basically. How about for those of us that say, if only I had a God, if only I had a man, if only, if only someone told me how much they loved me. And, you know, God loves our hearts and he's created them with desires. Whether we're married or single, however and where God has called us to, we have value and worth right now. And that really is just what Jessica shares with us today. And it's my passion to see purity become cool and powerful again on the earth today because it really is. If someone had told me not just why I should abstain from sex before marriage, but um, the motivation, the heart of God behind it, the real true why, why I should. We're going to talk about that today. So if you have a daughter, um, she can listen to this podcast. If you're dating, if you're single, wherever you're on the spectrum. If you've been married 20 plus years like myself, you can never stop learning and encouraging that God's doing a new thing for a new generation. So we pray that into existence, God. So enjoy this podcast. You can get all the show notes, how to connect with Jessica further uh, in the show notes. And hey, thanks for leaving a review um, that is such a blessing. Every time you leave a review, it helps someone else find this. It's like sharing the gospel. So thanks for doing that. It means so much. And I can't wait to talk with you again. Enjoy this one. Peace. Hi, everyone. And I am so excited today. These are always fun podcasts for me because I get to just sit down and talk with friends. Um, whether uh, we've never met actually in person, but this is the blessing of social media. And my gosh, sometimes it's unreal how you can get to know people so well um, as you are watching their lives before your eyes. And today I want you to meet my friend Jess Vaughn. She is a sold out follower of Christ. That's what I've watched. And I think that's what my Instagram or my social media, I'm just looking for um, God, what are you doing on the earth today in the same mission field of health and wellness and wholeness? Uh, and I stumble upon Jess. And so um, she's here today to talk to us a little bit. But Jess, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? And then um, we'll go more into kind of how our paths crossed. 
Hey, everyone. Yeah, I am so excited to be here, Alisa. Um, well, I actually just gave my heart to the Lord only, I mean, I got my first Bible in 2010. Mm. And so I feel like, you know, I was trying to like catch up and do this huge checklist type Christian thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, gotta do this, I gotta do that. And so I'm 29 now, and it's been quite the journey. Mm-hmm. I have learned so much about myself and he reveals his um, himself in mysterious ways mm-hmm. and through such amazing circumstances. I just got married last year, so I'm not quite at my one year anniversary yet, <laughs> but I will tell you what, being married reveals a whole new level of yourself yeah. that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. And, true. um, I'm just embracing all the snow right now in Pennsylvania. <laughs> you can have it. I'm looking out my window and it's good. It's 90 degrees today in Arizona. It's, I don't even, I have no context for people with snow right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad. Um, as you said, like, here's what I love. Okay. And I want, I know there's some people, I know, um, our listeners range anywhere from your age all the way up into like the 60s. I love it. Like, I feel like God's given um, real diversity to this audience of Revelation Wellness because everybody counts. Everybody matters. Everyone is fit. Everyone has a purpose and a mission and using fitness as a tool, um, not letting fitness use us. And there's fit found at every age. But I know people that are like in their 40s or like have been married 20 years, like, oh my gosh, what is this girl going to have to teach me? She's I'm not even a year married. And here's what I love. First of all, as we know, um, ladies in our middle life, like we're to like in champion the next generation. And that's the one thing I know about Jess is, you know, although young in terms of, you know, her age and even just saying, hey, I didn't find a Bible till 2010. I feel like we're in a season where God's doing rapid, like he's going deep and fast because I think we see it on the earth. There's people that are questioning and wondering, especially here in the United States, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of hurt. There's just, it's a tense time. And so under that tension, he's raising up, I believe, um, just a, a leaders that are sold out and at every age. And I was saying to Jess, her message is something that I want my daughter to know about. I feel like my daughter can sit under Jess and what she's saying in her books that she's, she's already written, which is what we're going to talk about today. But so I just, I, I learn everywhere. Every conversation is a place for us to learn no matter what age or where someone's at. And I've learned much through Jess and especially uh, in your book, uh, a worthy wife. So, Jess, that's that's the book we're kind of talking about today. Why don't you tell me a little bit? I know what would you say? What would you say the mission is? Like, I people ask me, what's the battle for which you were born? Um, I know that mine is for freedom. That God is giving me that battle, my heart for people's freedom. What would you say, the Lord? And it could change for you, but what do you say it is right now? The two words that always come is freedom and worth. Yeah. Like the two words over everything I do is freedom, worth, or wholeness. Like those three words are like the catalyst for everything that I do because, you know, people like you had said like, oh, she's 29 years old. What kind of advice? But there's these, these seasons where we go that, like you said, there's this rapid growth because when you get to that point where you're like the relationship, because you know, even just this weekend, I had this conversation with somebody where it was, they go to church and that's what they do. Mm -hmm. But when you say relationship with him, there's a disconnect. Hmm. 
-hmm. And that is where I want people to get to, where it is intimate, where you can go to him, where you can feel loved, where you are loved, where you are treasured, where Mm -hmm. you are chosen. But I was never there for a really, really, really long time. When would you say it got real for you? I would say about two or three years ago. Because? Because I... So I lost my virginity at a very early age. And I talk about that pretty openly in the book. Yes, you do. And I thank you for that. I think that there's a lot of um, condemnation around that of, well, oh my gosh, you lost your virginity. I'll just say it at 12. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we're like, okay, like you're 12. How can you even understand what that is? And Mm -hmm. so my mission for the past, you know, 15 years was me you know, trying to find who I was because I gave myself away so early. Yeah. So it was always that like, you know, who am I going to date next? Who's going to love me? Who's going to treasure me? Who's going to do this? And so before I met my husband, I went through, um, I call it the year of hell. And that's actually in my first book of in 2014, when I probably hit my ro- my most rock bottom, you know, yeah. and not everybody has to have a rock bottom moment or year or, or anything, but I did. And that was the only way because I'm like, go, 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 do this, go, what's next? Yeah. You know, because I thought I had to provide for myself and nobody else was going to. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. And so I just was like, okay, you know, and it was like one thing after another. It was like nobody wanted me in that year. That's huh. how I felt. Like I was single. I, you know, people were breaking up with me because I was too short. I talk about that in my book. Like just the most, like God kept saying to me, like, stop, like, stop. Like, you know, you're going into these relationships for no purpose, no reason. Mm -hmm. And you're just trying to date. And so that's where know your worst stemmed. And then as I began to dive into relationships deeper, like a worthy wife just like blossomed. So um, that's kind of the backstory, but to make it a little bit quicker here with the worthy wife is, you know, when it comes to freedom and wholeness is that a lot of women nowadays feel like they have to have sex before marriage or yeah. they have to give something to prove to that person that they should be loved. Yeah. Yeah. And even when we're married, we do the same thing. We yeah. go, okay, well, if I have a perfect body, then my husband will love me. Amen. And yeah. so it's just an exchange. It's not that it goes away. It's just that we're like, okay, well, what am I going to replace with it now? And yeah. so in this mission of talking with women, and I work with women, you know, in their 50s and 40s and 30s. And the common thing was, you know, they want to feel loved, appreciated, they want to feel treasured. And we're trying to search for that mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our husband, mm-hmm. and that fails us, mm-hmm. in our in our weight, in our mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. And I talk to women, and I always ask, I'm like, well, have you ever talked to your husband about what you believe in and, you know, what your goals are? And they're like, no. Oh, I will talk to so many couples Come that on. have been married for five years, and mm-hmm. they don't even know how each other was raised or grew up. Mm-hmm. That is a true statement. I was um, you're in your book, and again, her book is called A Worthy Wife. Um, you you talk about like so you give some good questions that you and John asked one another. Like I thought to myself, man, I I I, I mean, I was just young. I was young when I got married, and I think you're under the haze of what you think it's going to be. 
But to ask, those are called what I call sobering questions, to not be afraid of what you might hear. And what if, what if you don't get the same response? What if you don't, you're not on the same plane? But better now to know and to be able to, you know, bless them on their journey if your journey is not feeling like, hey, we're compatible within this or this is, this feels like God's bringing me a man who is in line with my vision and my best. Um, and I think that's really, I, I feel passionate about this message because we do have similar stories. So Jess and I do have very similar stories. I think you guys know some of my backstory, um, especially if you've listened to the gut healing um, podcast. But this concept of me feeling alone and the lie that I was alone and the lie that I had to prove and find someone to love me and this if only my husband would or if only then, then I would be satisfied um, so I, I know that and I know the, the piss, the history of giving yourself away. Plus mm-hmm. I was exposed at a very young age to pornography. Um, mm-hmm. it was in my home. It was, you know, yeah. my, just something that permeated and my mom kind of tolerated. I think she didn't know what to do about it. I think in some ways it was accepted because it was hush hush. And meanwhile, I'm seeing it and, you know, that, that bleeds out in different directions and I just, I really feel as a woman who God's given me this, you know, the, this, this battle for freedom, for people's freedom, it does come against our design, like our design, mm-hmm. whether it's who we are as women in our soul or who we are as women in our beautiful bodies designed as they are. Like someone has attacked our design and it is a good, he called it good, but we have believed lies and, um, I know for me, as it tracks with you, like it was just trying to find someone to tell me who I am, to tell me my value and to tell me my worth. And so I gave myself away um, and also just having that skewed vision of what I was already, already exposed to. So I feel passionate about like making purity powerful and cool. Like that it is, mm. that is like, Amen. come on, like that is a holy, hard, mm. hard, and yet holy thing. I love Chris Valaton talks about how the whole oh, reason, yeah. yeah, the whole reason to keep your virginity, to keep yourself pure is so that when you make it to the marriage bed, you have something that you mm-hmm. battled for and you're yeah. giving it to them as a gift. Like I battled for this and I now give this to you. Like to be able to say that to one another, I just go, oh. That's how covenant love is meant. We battle for one another. We battle for the gift to give. So when I read your book, A Worthy Wife, I'm like, this girl. Now, as you said, didn't you didn't battle this your whole life. You decided at what age did you kind of go, I'm done. Like, I'm, I am doing this God's way. So probably at the end of 2014, before I met my husband, I was like, I'm done because when you know, we always, this is where I want to get rid of the stigma of, you know, we'll be, we talk to people, we go, don't have sex, don't have sex. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. But it's not bad. It's the context that of which we do it that makes it different. So what happened was, is I always heard sex was bad. Right. But I never understood why, like, why do we say to wait to have sex? But that's where we need to get to. We need to get to the point of yeah. when we have sex with somebody else, we're giving those little pieces of our soul away each yeah. and every time yeah. that when you connect with that other person, you also get their, yeah. you know, let's just call it it's spiritual warfare, 
what they're dealing with. And then you start to carry that. And so I was carrying a lot of spiritual warfare. (laughs) Um, And so even if I can just be honest, when, you know, you're saying sex is bad, sex is bad, you can take that into your marriage to where, you know, if you've saved yourself or you Mm -hmm. began to be reborn in purity, you start to take that into your marriage that sex is bad. Mm -hmm. And then it actually causes intimacy problems with your husband. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so this whole idea of, you know, purity and so many women are shamed and that it's not cool. Yeah. And this whole, we got to test drive it before we buy it. Yeah. Right. You know, that whole thing. Yeah. And that I'm like, oh, that makes me, it makes my blood boil because I'm like, well, okay, first of all, God created sex. So therefore I'm pretty sure if you wait until marriage, which he calls us to do, he's probably going to make it pretty awesome. Right. It might be a little bit rocky in the beginning, but when you invite him into the bedroom, I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty amazing. So we don't need to test drive it before we buy it. Yeah. Amen. So good. So tell me then at what point, at what, like, the, how did John into the picture? Where did you kind of go? Okay, I'm I'm done doing what I've been doing. I'm I'm rebirthed again in my virginity to the Lord. I'm promised it. Like, what what was that? And then how how was that road to walk until you met John? So I first gave my um, I was like, okay, I'm going to be reborn at the beginning of 2014. I said, okay, this is it. I bought a purity ring. I was actually prayed over. And then I met this quote Christian who loved Jesus and started to put these pressures on me. And what happened was my flesh just ate it up because I wasn't strong enough and I wasn't surrounded by a support yet. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, he loves Jesus and, you know, I think this is okay. And I was so broken. I didn't realize it, how broken I was. Yeah. And I actually basically broke that tie with God. Okay. I was devastated. So that was yeah. like my first time. So when I say like you can be redeemed, like amen, hallelujah, doesn't matter how many times you mess up, but you repent and you go back to him each and every time. Yeah. And so I went back to him again. And after that terrible relationship, I went back and I'm like, this is it. Like I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so I was probably middle of 2014. And so I would go on, you know, certain dates, I wouldn't necessarily like be like, you know, the first date, like, Oh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm saving myself to marriage. But mm-hmm. you ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. You ask them, you know, their core beliefs, what they yeah, believe in. Come on. And people are always like, well, you know, they can change. Okay, they can change their favorite songs. And you know, those things are not deal breakers. Yeah. I'm talking about like that deep, deep stuff, that deep pain that they carry that you want to make sure that, you know, their beliefs are, do they believe in God? Do they not believe in God? Like those are the things that you should be asking. Wow. How were they raised? You know, yeah. cause that's going to take a huge effect on how it, they are in your marriage. Yeah. And so I would say I was pure for a while, you know, of course going, I mean, my husband and I stayed pure for a year, then we got married Um, but that walk was extremely hard because in the beginning, I should say, because when I started to realize I need to ask the right questions and I, and then we started to talk, they'd be like, Oh, you know, um, I don't want to go on a date with you anymore because I would say I'm saving myself to marriage. And so I knew that that person wasn't it for me because I'm like, you can't commit with me. It's never going to work. Yeah, that's right. So it actually started so hard because the flesh battled. But then when I committed myself to the Lord, I started to get confident. 
Yes. And I started to say, this is where I need to be. And I started to heal and I started to work through stuff. And then I met John. I met my husband actually on he- eHarmony, <laughs> and, um, which is such a funny story. But we just kind of interviewed ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we just questions back and forth. And you can see that in the book. Where yes. We were just quite, you know, back and forth. What do you believe in? Do you believe in saving yourself to marriage? You know, is that something that you're passionate about? And we just kept going back and forth. And, we and just was, was John, was John passionate about that? Like, was he committed to that? Yes. He never tried. He never, you know, um, Amazing. yeah, like we had, I mean, it was a little rough with the flesh in the beginning, but then it was like the Lord literally put me in place, yeah. you know? And so we just, we didn't make out. I know this sounds so bizarre and so extreme to some people, but when you come with my background from so being so fleshly desire, you know, like controlled, yeah, I had to put boundaries in place. And I talk about that in the book a lot is like, we had to put these boundaries in place because our flesh started to really attack our relationship, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning. And then after that, it was, you know, we're not going to make out, we're not going to do certain things, you know, and to some they're like, that is so extreme. But for me, in the way I, you know, my past and his past, it was best, it protected us. Yeah. You yeah. know, it wasn't punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, let's back up though, because I know I'm I'm in the heart. I'm wearing the shoes of my my sisters that are listening. That are like, okay, I know this is what God's promised me, and I know this is hard. What are like the like the best like strategies that you put in place? Well, you said I went on eHarmony, and some would go, um, wait a minute, she opened herself to eHarmony. So explain what that was, because I know, and not that all will, but I know there are some women kind of going, okay, how do I navigate in this world now? Because it's such a different, such a different world in terms of meeting people. Oh, so yeah. Um, I actually, my best friend, Joelle, she was like very hesitant with me doing it because she was very much like um, unsure, you know, cause she's like, okay, like, you know, what if you meet somebody that's a little, you know, crazy, that's what you hear a lot. Like, you know, Oh, what if I meet this person and they're crazy. And my, uh, my perspective of it was, it's kind of like going to a mall and like all the guys that would be in that mall are in one place now. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, <laughs> you can filter, you can ask questions, you go back and forth, you eliminate. So instead of me, going on, you know, this date or that date and, you know, making so many things awkward that we didn't even have beliefs in, in the beginning, I'm able to go, okay, this question, this question. Okay. Let's, let's keep talking. We talked, John and I talked on the phone probably like 25 hours the first week we ever met because we were just going back and forth so much. And so it's just that you have to be led by the spirit. So, you know, just to give me an example with my um, best friend, Joelle, she was just feeling led by the spirit. Like she felt called to um, take a break because she actually went to Christian Mingle first, <laughs> took a break, um, went to eHarmony and took a break. And she's like, I just need to be led because if you're saving yourself, if you know, if you're waiting, um, like my friend did, it's that you see everybody else getting married and yeah. you start to get that craving. The flesh is yeah. like, you should be married by now. Yeah. You should have kids. Yeah. You should be doing this. Yeah. And so she was just like, no, I'm not going to rush myself. And a lot of people are like, well, I need the man to pursue me. Mm-hmm. You know, we get this very hard heart, right? Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when she was opened up to the spirit, she actually met her husband a month after me on eHarmony and she's married. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Okay. This is my part of the, this, my part of the, um, 
podcasting or when we're talking about this that I have to do my public service announcement. I really <laughs> believe, like, one, we have elevated marriage, sex, and money as God of, like, our life. Like, as if that's the thing. If I could yeah. get that then God is good, God is kind, and he loves me, you know, and I'm blessed as if to say marriage, intimacy, sex, and money would is who God is. It's just like, oh, I think he, because I'm so much more than that. So like, I just want to say to all the younger girls listening, the moms who are raising young girls, we're trying, like, this is all about a new generation. If you're listening to Revelation Wellness Podcast, we are all about, I will not see the finish of what I believe God is starting here. I think it's going to go on. It has to pass on to the next generation so that there's actual momentum in the kingdom. But part of this comes from purity of like, and I love what you said, Jess, about talking to our kids. Like no one talked to me about why, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was told in terms of keeping myself as a virgin, well, one, because people will think you're a floozy. Literally, that was the word my mom used, floozy, mm-hmm. <laughs> very 1940s. <laughs> um, and you don't want to be known for that. You could get pregnant. You could get a disease. You could like basically things go bad. So just don't do that. Instead of, like you said, what's the good of it? Tell me what. But they didn't know. Like my parents didn't didn't know. Generationally, nobody's known. I probably yeah. am the first in my generational line to see the beauty of covenant and the intimacy of what it means to say no to some things for a better yes. Um, And that comes from clearly just letting the Lord deal. But all that to say that some women, I just think like, I think the Lord's also saying, is it okay if you were, if you were never married? Yeah. Right. That's a big question. So I want to steward the heart of my, of our followers or followers, such a weird word of, of, people that are here and listening and and being encouraged that um, I don't know like I do know this let me tell you from a woman who has been married 20 years who married a man who like you like Jess was saying we didn't ask any questions we just thought hey you're good looking I'm good looking you want to make money I want to make money all right let's go do that like literally it was very everything on the surface we didn't know really our own hearts we didn't know the questions to ask of their heart we didn't know Um, which is why I know moms and dads who are listening now and your kids like who are working out your wholeness, your worth and your value as you're doing it. Now you have something to steward and give to your children so they can learn and grow in a new way. Um, but I, you know, I, I mean, from a woman who'd been married 20 years, I can tell you, I remember as my walk went along, I married a man who didn't know the Lord. I married a man who didn't, we didn't ask the right questions. I married a man, we didn't, I was... I wasn't, I would call myself a Christian, but I wasn't walking in it. Mm. Um, And it cost, it was so costly. I cried tears among tears. I remember there were years I thought to myself, um, like (laughs) a friend of mine said who was in the same situation, she goes, I never thought I would say, think to myself, I need to get a divorce so I won't be so lonely. Right. Mm. Like that, that's, that's the reality because you can be in a marriage and feel utterly alone. And and there's a, lev- there's a level of that that the husband will never fully complete you. There's a space that is only for God in my heart. And when Simon can't meet that, then I know, oh, that's the Lord. He's got to mm-hmm. be my husband right now. He has to be my best friend. He has to be what no one else can be for me. But anyways, I just want to say that to people that maybe perhaps daughters, perhaps sons, some of you are called like it just won't be that marriage may not be and maybe it doesn't even excite you that much some of you feel pressured like you have to get married like it's the Mm -hmm. christian thing to do 
Um, how will I be fruitful and multiply? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yet, if you feel like, I don't know, just there's not been the right guy. It's not been the right time. I just think don't live in tomorrow. Like for today, where God has you is beautiful and whole and valued and worth. And you don't need need a man to make a mission, if that makes mm, sense. That's my fave right there. Yeah. Quote yeah. that. You Tweet don't that. need a man to make a mission. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, you said in your book, speaking on this topic of loneliness, you wrote on page 25, and I highlight this. You said, when loneliness consumes your entire being, you don't see clearly. I urge you to continue to pray to God to show you how to be the type of wife your future husband will desire. While waiting, it's time to work on you, not on others, to mold or change them into who you want them to be. <laughs> Girl. Preach. <laughs> I love that you'd say it's the work. Work on you. Work on you. Always. Amen. I just, you know, if you could just even take a moment, like if you're just walking or, you know, obviously if you're in your car, but if you just close your eyes for a minute, and this is like something I talk about baggage a lot. And if, if you could just think about spiritual warfare a minute, warfare for a minute and just close your eyes, like in this weight, like you feel heaviness, right? It's like, think about all the suitcases that would be, you'd be carrying right now because of all this baggage that you're holding on to that you haven't let go. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a baggage of unforgiveness. Maybe it's a baggage of hate or resentment. Mm -hmm. But if you could just literally with your spiritual eyes, see what is literally just making you shrug your shoulders down and leaning forward and tilting your head down, mm -hmm. then I think we could just better understand like, why we're unhappy or, yeah. you know, why we're trying to always carry everything and everyone else. Mm -hmm. And then we could begin to start to unpack. We, we mm -hmm. need to like begin to unpack. We can't just keep getting another suitcase mm -hmm. and expecting to feel free mm -hmm. and weightless. Yeah. Come on. That's right. So Amen. I think we just, we just need to close our eyes and go, God, what, what baggage what do you want me to open today yeah. or this year or this season yeah. and just start to take uh -huh. out those, you know, those clothes and those pieces and those stories and those pieces of your past and uh -huh. either get them cleaned uh -huh. or get them out. Amen. You just gave me an image. I think with this all goes back to, uh, so the Holy Spirit right now, like we don't, <laughs> we are all like coming out of this orphan life. Like we, we, we don't know the goodness of who our God is, a good father. And so we, like I the picture of Annie, like little orphan Annie, she always has a little suitcase with her. And although it's a little suitcase, it always, it has the most important promises or the most important things to her. And we all kind of have that little suitcase where like, if we open it up, inside it is my hope of a husband or inside it is the mm -hmm. hope of my friendships, inside is the hope of a home, a family, whatever. And we all have those and some of those, we have to know the difference between a want and a need. God meets all our needs. And if we learn to live as women who are satisfied with needs that are met, our wants will be just, we'll understand them as not bad. I mean, like God loves to bless and reward. But I think, we're, don't you think we, we focus on our wants so much more, so mm -hmm. much more than what we really need. And that's, and I think the want comes from the lack that comes from the insecurity of the yeah. things we've experienced. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, we're always trying to feel or fill that experience with something in the present that has not yet been worked through with the past. And so we go, 
I want loved because we don't really know. I mean, for me anyways, like when we say we want love, do we really understand what we, when we say that, what that looks like, like his love, like really understanding that because until I really began to study what his love was, people think that love is abuse and screaming at each other and hitting like that's what they know love yeah. to be because yeah. that's what they've been shown See, love to yeah. be. Yeah. And so until we actually say like, no, or have like, you know, and something else presented to us that no, that's not how love is supposed to be. Yeah. Then we don't know better. You know, we yeah. don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Amen. And so we just start to feel that want, you know, from a lack from mm-hmm. something that's, you know, come from an insecurity. Come and so on. that's why we got to take that, those suitcases that we're carrying mm-hmm. and go, oh, you know, because all of those suitcases that you have, whether you are single, you mm-hmm. take them into marriage. So if you're married mm-hmm. right now, you probably have some suitcases that you probably need to unpack yeah. that's affecting that's affecting your marriage. Yeah. And it might not even be your husband, but he's the closest one to you. And all all the time around that he's getting it, Uh right? He's getting it. (laughs) I have a mentor. My mentor says um, that uh, marriage was designed by God for two people to show each other their brokenness and not run away. Mm -hmm. Like it's a it's a promise. Say, okay, you promise. Like when I open up my suitcase, when I because even to the most like like you and John did some questions beforehand but there's still stuff you don't even know about you until you are in marriage until you have kids until you're like you know wanting to grow your ministry but yet making sacrifices for family there's just stuff that's in us that we don't know and covenant that's why it's just so beautiful I love what your book like the questions you guys asked the, the way you did it just the way you guys were super intentional about how you were gonna literally courtship like it was courtship oh, yeah, totally. I, a friend of mine's like let's just bring back arranged marriages let's just work on that because like I think we're 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 so far now into our liberty to date whoever whatever whenever we want you know like we've redefined yeah. what romance and um, I guess, yeah, what romance is. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. My gardeners are here. So as you begin to listen to that buzzing sound in the background, oh my gosh, hold on. I might pause. Okay, so that was a quick edit as I got the um, gardeners to come back later. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Um, no, we were talking about just how we've, we've almost bought all of our options by the liberty that we have We've created more of a, um, I don't know, like just kind of this too much freedom that's destroying our freedom instead of, all right, God, what do you say marriage is? What do you say courtship is? What do you say a man for me is? Um, and then you go back, like you said, Jess, it's just dying to our flesh in what that, can I, can I ask you what, um, was there a particular moment with inside like dating John that you're like um, um like where you had to like go to the Lord to to like crucify your flesh not in detail but just yeah yeah I um probably I'm very I gotta say independent and that's not always good in a marriage obviously mm-hmm. like I always I'm like this is the way it's got to be like this is how it needs to be this is my view this is the way that it should be this is the right way you know, yeah. and then John's like, and we have to first, you know, something that really helped me is when you actually begin in Genesis, 
God gives us such clear examples of how women were created and men were created. Men are created to, to work. Like mm-hmm. he's tilling the ground, you know what I mean? Like he, mm-hmm. they're created to work. And so when I could understand how John thinks, yeah. he thinks in numbers, he's very analytical. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not very emotional. Men don't, they're emotional mm-hmm. and sensitive, you know, in closed doors, yeah. you know, in that safe place. Yeah. But, you know, he thinks not very emotional. And me, I tend to be somewhat feelings led, you know, and that's how women tend to be. That's why we always ask our husbands, what do you feel about this? And your (laughs) husband is like, I don't don't know anything, (laughs) you know, like, and so we, we start to butt heads with that because we're like, no, you should feel this way. Mm. And, you know, men were like, they're like, um, well, you know, uh, and they're trying to like find this answer of a feeling Mm -hmm. like for us women. And so for me, I didn't realize how selfish I was. And a lot of that doesn't even come in until you actually live together. And that was something that we had put on the, you know, we're like, we're not doing that. Cause I did that for so many years yeah. with their boyfriends. And I was like, it's obviously not working my way. So let's try it that <laughs> way. And so when we first started living together, I realized, you know, okay, well, you know, John's idea of tidiness is not my idea of tidiness, uh-huh, right? So you uh-huh. have to like his way of loading the dishwasher is not my way of loading the dishwasher. Right. And so we have to recognize that. And as wives, especially, we can't condemn them if they didn't load the dishwasher yeah. the way that you wanted them to load it because they did it the best that they probably could. Amen. So you know what I mean? We should, we need to encourage them so that they want to keep doing those good things. Yeah. Oh, girl. You're preaching. It's been 20 years. And I really feel for me inside my marriage. And it had nothing to do with Simon. The more that I have grown in my need for Christ, my love for Christ, my wanting to be, I want him to romance me. Like I, and I feel that when I have my time with the Lord, when I'm just enjoying him, worshiping, using my body to as a as a vessel for worship whatever I draw closer to him Simon is more and more off the hook like Mm -hmm. and I feel that same thing for those of you that aren't married you're like you start I just I know your heart start to get in seasons where you're like okay God where's that man where how come you haven't brought me something right like and then it calms like the Lord calms you and then another storm rages I think Mm -hmm. it always comes back to the more I fall in love with God, there's this more place for me to know God. Then the more I'm really a good, I love people well. I love Simon well. I love, and in the proper role of him being my husband or my friends. Um, and it just it really comes down to those ter- first commandments. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love others. If I find myself having a hard time loving others or a hard time thinking about wanting to be, you know, if I'm back in my pre-marriage mind of thinking who's going to love me, who's going to love me, I have not spent enough time in the secret place with the Lord. Like there's more adventure to be found there. There's more fun to have there. So. Amen for sure. So good. You guys, I cannot encourage you enough to, um, this book, A Worthy Wife. So I want to, I would say this is for, I'm going to have my daughter read this one day. She will read this when she starts to begin to date and think about these things. Um, cause I love, like Jess really writes it from a, her own story. So it's a real, like she writes it, tells her life, tells her story. So it's not just, here's some biblical concepts. She writes them in there, but based on her own testimony. Um, so if you're someone who's, 
just in that season of wanting to be a worthy wife, thinking about it a lot. Maybe you see everyone else getting married around you. Um, read, read this book. I think it'll give you many, many good practical things to apply as well as um, just an honest testimony of the heart. So I asked you this question, Jess, if you could go back to your 12-year-old self and tell her something, what would you tell her? The first thing that just came to my mind is that you don't have to prove anything to anyone. I think that like that was like the first thing that came to my mind just now when you yeah. said that because I always felt like I was trying to prove yeah. like that I should be loved, that yeah. I should be cared for, that I am valuable even though I didn't know I was. You know what I mean? Like, but I feel like it's like, you don't, you don't have to prove yourself to anyone right now. Like you already are loved. Amen. You already are cared for. Yeah. And you know, we often, I was just kind of being challenged by this with the Lord is that, you know, I feel like we often pray for things we've already been gifted. You know, Oof. like we, we yeah. always pray for courage and strength, but like when we go to his word, we already have, have access. Yeah. We already have it, but we're praying yeah. for it constantly. But yeah. we really need to go, Lord, like, how do I receive this? How do I receive the courage? Right. How do I receive right. the strength instead of praying for it? Mm, that's good. Amen. Amen. I love that question because I just feel like all of us have this young kid within us that we're like, okay, it's going to be, it's over. It's good. We got it. Like the Lord has this. I wish I would known some of these things when I was younger. It's good. All right, now some fun questions, Jess. I just like for, um, these are the fun ones and also fun for me because I always love to know what's what people are getting excited about right now. What's one thing right now that's rocking your world? What's something that you're like, I can't stop talking about or using or loving or whatever? And it can be anything. Anything. Okay, so um, I feel like the Lord is really walking me through my whole my wholeness and my wellness a lot mm-hmm. um, when it comes to my body and just surrendering. Mm-hmm. And so um, just do, doing like Revel TV has mm-hmm. extremely best blessed me lately. <laughs> and um, because it's just so different than anything else until you experience it, you'll yeah. be like, oh, okay, I get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then um, I love this book by Susie Larson called Your Beautiful Purpose. Ooh, I've never and heard of it. I'm write that I down. feel like because we're always struggling with like finding God, what's my purpose? And we're always asking God what you know my purpose is. But I feel like the question we need to ask ourselves is why do we feel like we don't have a purpose? Yeah. And so I love that book, um, Your Beautiful Purpose by Susie Larson. I've always I've referenced it. I'm still reading it. It's just so good. That's great. That's awesome. Okay, now fun question because we're all here. We always like to talk about. Um, you know, how do you move your body? How do you move body? What's your favorite form of um, workout worship? I know you mentioned Revwell TV, but are you more of like a runner? Are you a dancer? Are you a cardio girl? Are you strength training kind of gal? What's your bend? My bend has always been strength training. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to have yeah. to sit on the other side of the room. I know. I <laughs> you know. You and Tammy and all my other friends that are strength trainers. Why? Yeah. Why do you like it so much? Because it's such, it's, um, first it's not running. Like I, I'll go 30 seconds and I'll be like, um, is it been like 20 minutes yet? And I'll be like, oh, like out of breath. Um, and so cardio for me is like, it's but strength training has always been that thing for me because it's, 
it's such a challenge because you can see the weight and you have like, it just, I don't know. It's just some kind of, probably it's a control thing. Maybe (laughs) I have control issues. Um, no, but I've always just loved that feeling of getting stronger. Wow. You know? And then, and so do you, do you have like equipment at home? Do you go to the gym? What's your go-to? I've been on a a fast from the gym. Um, I go see certain seasons because the, you know, we have to know our triggers. The gym is a trigger for me because if you read my first book, Know Your Worth, I was addicted. I mean, I, like you, Elisa, you know, the flesh, I mean, man, however much you could lift, whatever your muscles look like, whatever that outer, I mean, I just craved it. It was like, how much can I bench press? How much can I squat? And it just kept going from there. And so I take these fasts from the gym because it's easy for me to look at somebody and go, oh, you know, and so I do a lot at home now, just right in my, right in my office with both flex, flex tech weights. And yep, no, that's me. I also, it's time, like, I think more for me, time. Like, I, once upon a time, like, the highlight of my day or the big moment would be to go to the gym where I'm like, ah, okay, let's just, let's do this um, to, I'll enjoy it. I I do enjoy it, but I don't got a lot of time to drive to and from and make a big stink out of it, you know, like, it's just, it's, um, I love it, but I want to be in and out and on with my day because there's much, life is about so much more. Mm-hmm. Amen. Oh, that is so good. Um, Jess, thank you so much. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I love you. I really love watching you blossom. And oh, I have one more question. I know I was going to ask. I'm staring at your book cover. What is the tattoo on the back of your neck that I absolutely am like, I'm just drawn to it? What is it? Um, it was after that terrible breakup in 2014 when I finally was working through Proverbs 31. Uh-huh. And so the tattoo is the infinity uh-huh. and on the one side it says Proverbs, it says, you know, Prov 31 yeah. and then underneath it says clothed with strength. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't have a tattoo. All the feels. I have, <laughs> I have all the, I'm crying because it's just, <laughs> yes, yes and amen. Oh, I don't have a tattoo, but someday, I don't know. I think it's too late. I'm 46. Let's just call it a life. We're good. All right. All right, Jess. Well, thanks so much for hanging out. Hey, you guys, um, I'll be sure to leave some ways that you can connect with Jess here in the show notes. You can follow her at what is your what's your at where are you at everywhere? <laughs> Jess Vaughn 22. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> you got lucky. You were able to claim your handle everywhere. Good job. Yeah, you guys go follow her. Um, she's got just su- such a light for I believe for the next generation as she is seeking the Lord, heart, soul, mind, and strength. We love you, Jess. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Love you too.